0: This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.
1: It's time now for Green Thumbs in Canterbury, out and about with the Canterbury Horticultural Society.
2: And Lorraine from Canterbury Horticultural Society, out and about in Christchurch, and we've started on autumn.
0: We have,
2: yes. And what's the what's garden the like? Level,
0: really, isn't it? Pardon? I mean, the mornings are so much cooler already. And
2: oh yeah. goodness, yes. Yeah, Only yeah. two degrees the other day. So. Oh, was it? I thought it was cold. Yeah. And the thing is, we're not getting the dew. Are
0: oh we? no, but no, it's but no, it's
2: cold. It is cold. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that yep. means the garden's doing all sorts of things. So what's what's happening in your garden?
0: Um, what's happening in my garden? Well, I've had some few things going on, so I haven't actually done a lot in the garden except um, pulling a lot of things out that have got. Too overgrown, like the silver beet went crazy. Yeah, and a courgette plant got sort of fungi on it, so I pulled that out, and so I've made space to put some winter veggies in. So, um, yeah. yeah, so it it feels good to ha- you know have some clear space for a wee for a wee bit. Yeah, it
2: does, and yeah. the garden looks quite tidy for a wee while it as does. well, doesn't it? It yeah. does. Yeah. It yeah. does. Yeah. Oh yeah. well, February was. Probably the most awful weather that we've had. Well, it's, I think officially it was the worst month for rain. Cold and lack of sun since they started taking records. Really? So if everybody thought it was wet and cold, oh. you were quite right. All oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But so. yet the garden still grows, though, doesn't it? it but but did. not as God. Not as um, good. Well, well, everything seems to love getting the extra water. Yeah. And things are looking lovely and lush. Yeah. It's just taking time for things to ripen, haven't you noticed? I have with the tomatoes. Yeah. yeah, with my tomatoes, I haven't
0: really. I've been getting the odd one.
2: But yeah, know, we've been getting yeah. enough every day for a reasonable salad. Okay. But I haven't had to panic about thinking, oh, I better freeze some or, right. oh, I've got, a, I've got a glut. I've got to give them away. They're coming along on a nice, steady
0: basis. Right. Yeah. Right. The only thing I'll be getting lots of is courgettes. Oh, so. I know. I've been
2: appreciating having them. Thank you very much. <laughs>
0: That's okay. And I might make some pickle out of the ones I've got at the moment. So. Yeah. yeah. Well,
2: it is time to start thinking of that. Yes, it no, is. When you think yeah. about it, um, you know, we are going to get into time with things. Like our beans have suddenly decided they're going to... Get going. Oh, okay. So I might end up freezing some of those for winter. Right. Um, yeah. Because the ones you buy in winter are imported.
0: Oh, are they? And mm. um, and, and they,
2: they're never in nice condition. So you may right. as well just have some nice ones in the freezer mm, that, you from know, your some, own garden. From your own garden. They taste better, don't they? Well, you know where they've come from too. Well, you know what's right. happened to them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's exactly. Right. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yep. what else are you going to freeze or bottle, or are you not going to
0: do any? Well, no, I haven't. I've got some carrots that I'm eating, just the odd one at the minute. But haven't really got a lot of things no. to do. So, no, to do that. Just so,
2: I think you know, I've been around looking at ed- the edible gardens, and some right. people have got amazing crops of things like right. especially beans. You now, okay. runner beans seem to have done really, really well this year. Okay. Yeah. Right. So right. anyway, right. to get back to the nasties in the garden. I some people have had no thrips, and other people have had terrible trouble with thrips. Oh. You know, and that's when the leaf gets that silvery sheen on the on the leaf, and then underneath are, are all the little are the thrips, oh. and they have this powdery this um, black powdery coating they leave. Oh. And about this time of year, they excrete. Um, A ready sort of juice, and Mm. you as sure as eggs it'll get on my washing. Oh,
0: right. You know,
2: so Ah. I think that um, if you do have any trouble with them, you really have got to spray Spray. for them and spray under the leaves. All right. You know, it's where they are. So that's. Okay,
0: I haven't noticed any, but. No, no, we always
2: get it on our verbena, but because we always keep that cut into a shape, it's mostly cut off. But Mm. my neighbour has a, a laurel, a Japanese laurel, and they seem to love that.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Right, so,
2: and how's right. your lawn?
0: Um, it's not very, well, Hubby looks after the lawn, so I don't <laughs> I know. I know, it's a man thing, lawns, it isn't it? It is a man thing, yes. They seem but, to love their lawns. Yeah. Yes, yes, but it does need a bit of care, so... Yeah, well, it is yeah. time now, because, um, yeah.
2: you know, with all that water, they mm. it grew quickly, mm. um, and now that we are having a few warmer days, um, we could watch out for fungal growth. Right. You know, isn't it, you know, it's one thing or the other, isn't it? It is not it You know, getting yeah. something ideal seems yeah, to... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, then it causes something else. That's right. And yes. so I think it's a probably quite a good idea to um, cut your lawn down a bit lower than you would normally, to get a bit more air in around the roots. Oh, okay. Now, normally we say don't cut lawns too low. That's right. Because it kills the grass. But mm. I think now is one of those times when you need to cut down a wee bit further.
0: Right, so men. the ear can get to the roots. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I'll pass that one on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, don't forget, men are always the, the lawn experts. Oh, they are, mm. yes. Yeah. Um, and it's a good time to spray the lawn for broadleaf. Right, okay. Yeah. Yep. So, um, Okay. you know, you can get specific sprays for that. It, right. um, lawn spray for broadleaf. And all it will do is kill the big broadleaf, things like the daisies and if you get dock or you get all sorts of things in your lawn. The things that have got big, broad leaves get um, get skittled, but it doesn't affect the grass.
0: That's amazing, isn't it? Yes. yes. Science is a great thing, isn't it? But, uh, yes, it is. It is. I think we've got lots of little things like
2: that, so might be good to spray with. Mm, mm, I just, mm. But I like daisies in my lawn. I oh, do you? But I'm, I'm not allowed to have daisies in my lawn. Oh, okay, because he mm. wants a perfect lawn, doesn't he? Absolutely. Okay. Yes, yeah. Rightio. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got to keep up the dead heading. Yeah yeah
0: yeah I've actually had a real good trim with mine because they they weren't looking too good. the are dahlias and that, and so I've really trimmed them back
2: quite a bit, but yeah. anyway, yeah, oh no, it has to happen, and mm. you know the roses are just so looked so sad, you know all that rain just did nothing but you know, they 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 would blow and then they'd all just go soggy. it was that's
0: right, yeah, yeah. they don't do some plants very good, do they? they' no, too much rain.
2: Yep. Oh, it, well, it was far too much. It doesn't do us that good either, I suppose. <laughs> right. Um But I am quite excited that one of my dahlias that I thought I'd lost, uh-huh. because I did some massive chopping up of them, um, has suddenly decided that it's now going to grow in my garden in a totally different place. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah, so I'm so excited about that. And what colour is it? Well, it's sort of a bright red. It's got a funny name. It's called Pooh Bear but it's a beautiful bright orangey red with a, a yellow full around the center and it's quite oh, lovely sounds so was nice. really quite yeah. sad to have lost it mm. but, but um, it's come back but it seems to have come back oh great so great so cool. it just shows that um, things Sometimes. can recover when you do something drastic to them yeah. <laughs> yeah it's
0: amazing what can be under the soil isn't it really oh.
2: it's amazing how they can come back can come back yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, right. plants are quite amazing aren't they, they are, are. yeah now mm-hmm. perennials. Um, do you have many
0: perennials? Oh, I do like the perennials. Yeah. Um, and have you got them staked? Uh, well, the, I actually I don't have chrysanthemums or or stuff like that. Yeah. I really only have dahlias are really the yeah. only perennials I have. Really. Yeah. 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 So now,
2: well, I have lots of salvias. Oh, okay. um And they grow very tall in my garden. Right. But I find I don't have to stake them. They seem to be strong enough to uh, withstand the wind, but I, right. I have got one chrysanthemum that I have to stake. It grows really tall, and it gets a really heavy sort of goldy brown head um, on it that is quite heavy, but mm. so it's such a gorgeous thing. Right. But we have to stake that quite heavily because it, you know. So yeah. anyway, well, yeah. we had a lovely chat with Julia Atkinson, done this, um this week as well, didn't we? We so did, we did. Very Such interesting. a lady with lovely ideas for people who want to grow flowers.
0: Yes, and the, the two books that she's written.
2: That's yep. right, yep. Yeah. giving yep. people ideas about yep. what mm. to grow and how to arrange their flowers. So mm. we'll be able to listen to what she's got to say. Yes. Today I'm talking to Julia Atkinson-Dunn. Gardener, artist, writer, a bit of everything I think, Julia.
1: Yes everything well it didn't used to be gardener and it was always writer and it used to all be about other artists to be honest but the garden has been the thing that has changed everything for me really and pulled all my interests to the front.
2: Well that's certainly a very healthy thing and I bet you over the last two years you've found that's been fabulous. have. Right, now you're a very creative person. I've looked at your blogs and I've looked at your website and you do amazing things. So tell us about some of your projects.
1: I um, I guess just to set the scene with me, my former life I was a ski instructor when I left school and then trained as a Um, interior designer and it was during that time I was able to sort of pursue my love of writing by creating a blog Um, no one was doing it in New Zealand yet but I started writing on my own website about uh, I suppose artists and creative businesses from New Zealand and Australia only and continued that I mean that's 14 years ago now that I started that website and over the years I have pretty much tried to do anything I can within my skill set to remain self-employed, <laughs> to the detriment of my bank account at times. But you know, um, and I guess a lot of a lot of the things I'm attracted to are very visual and um, around a sense of place and spaces and and people's the way people can reflect their personalities in those spaces but I honestly didn't really know or think I had any interest in what people did with their outside spaces until I got my own. Isn't that often the way it is?
2: Yes. (laughs) Now, you've um, written two books, and they're very attractive books. I had a quick look at them when I was in Te They had them in their gift shop. Um, Flowers for Friends and Petal Power. Now, the Flowers for Friends, tell us a little bit about that one.
1: So Flowers for Friends came after Petal Power and although they were both um, released in the same year, I think Flowers for Friends is really a reflection of me feeling brave to keep sharing my take on things after the great reception that Petal Power received locally. Uh, Flowers for Friends is all about the joy, I guess my joy, and translating that into how other people can enjoy the flowers in their garden, of growing and harvesting and taking the time out to play with flowers and really not being too wildly concerned about the result. So it is a flower arranging book, but it's written by a gardener. So it's focused on imperfect stems and I use half-chewed, earwigged wigged dahlias and um, I love Japanese anemones with all their petals falling off because I love their bobbles and really just, in a way, it's just actually a little reprieve from life for half an hour, having a play.
2: Actually, you're quite right. So many people say to me, oh, Wayne, don't know how to put flowers in a vase. I think if you just throw away all your preconceptions and just pick a bunch of lovely flowers and weeds and things from your garden or a roadside and just play, you're quite right. Now, Petal Power, sorry, I've got the order wrong. That was the one where you talked about your best plants to put in the garden. So this
1: really was the book I wished I had had as a beginner who was interested in growing a flower garden as opposed to only a vegetable garden I could I simply couldn't find any relatable information that was pitched to a beginner but from my part of the world so it was a bit on the nose I mean I'd only been gardening for four years when I wrote it actually three and a half um But as a writer, I knew the gaps and I knew what I could fill and I knew the language that I wanted to hear when I was trying to get a grip on it all. So yes, it is about easy to grow flowers that aren't demanding but have a great visual impact and are great for picking. And just it's really just trying to get other people, mostly I guess my age is what I was thinking, into growing flowers so I had more people to talk about gardening with. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, fair enough, and a very good reason for going into gardening and writing that book. I thought, um, you know, the idea of n- knowing some good plants that we can plant in Canterbury or Christchurch that will do really well is a fantastic idea, for, especially for the beginners. Now, I was really interested when I was actually um, looking through all your the notes about you that you wrote um, a beginner's guide to botanical plants names, and I was quite fascinated by that. How did that come about? Wow,
1: that was for my column, and it took me a solid week to be happy with. I think I submit about 800 to 1,000 words, and it was so hard. Um, But that's because, as a beginner, it feels very scary. And the worst thing is you go speak to people about gardening, and they start reeling off a Latin double-jointed name, you're like, well, that's it, I'm never going to know anything. Um, so I have found it very fascinating to break down and actually understand you know how how I mean this is for how scientists record it but for us as everyday gardeners and particularly for beginners, if we know enough to understand what each part of the name means mm-hmm. then we end up with the plant that we actually want that we've seen online or we've seen in a book or um, I never realised how useful it could be, but it has turned out to be very
2: useful, and I'm kind of fascinated by the history of it. I can imagine. But it's really plants, um, family tree, that you're interested in, isn't it? Where they came from, who their mums and dads were, and where, 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 where the children are sort of idea in a way. I mean, you don't need to know the whole entomology of it, do you?
1: No. I, I think what was fascinating for me, though, is what the... Um, the actual botanical name often meant, and the clues that are given. Mm -hmm. So, you know, purpurea, Echinacea purpurea. well, that's purple, and um, Alba is white, and that's commonly known in Latin. Um, But also that there, as I started looking, there are lots of plants that have the same Greek-derived last name, and that is actually recording who was the first botanist to submit it to be recorded in the nomenclature system. Mm. And I do like history and I do like thinking, you know, I just wish I could remember the example, but there was one um, female botanist, and she's probably in the 1800s, and all of these plants that she has submitted and discovered from around the world, and they share her last name, Mm. just, you know, that's talking about where she went and how she did it. But yeah, I enjoy the clues and the names without having to be fluent in Latin.
2: And I think that's a good thing too. I mean, that's something else a a beginner gardener can think about. Hmm. They don't have to know absolutely everything, but they can look for those, especially the colour clues. I mean, that's Ah. at least something that people can start with, can't they?
1: Yes, 100%. I'll I'll just add to that. But most of all, the the easiest thing is there is no confusion going to the garden centre when you know the botanical name Hmm. of what you're looking for because the common names vary so much, and I learnt that the hard way, and it doesn't have to be hard. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So you started your garden journey when you bought a home? That's almost exactly five years ago, and it's a lovely villa in Linwood. I was obsessed with it from a, in, a former interior design point of view and architecture, and then it had this generous backyard and this incredible stacked vegetable garden that um, looks like someone had seen it on Pinterest and begged for it to be made. And I just thought, I'm going to have to grow stuff in here so it looks good. That was literally what I thought. And then I thought, ah, oh, I really have no idea how to do that. I don't even know the names of what I like. I don't even know if what I like could live here. And I just went very, very, very deep diving with books. The internet and asking a lot of questions of the people around me and that has led my I guess fascination for people's own stories around their own gardens um, has led me to understand how personal it is and and everyone's planting is a reflection of what they like so I you know Penny Zeno, Robin Kilty, Jenny Cooper um, and Amberley um oh the list goes on <laughs> Carolyn Farabee, um Jill Simpson all of those gardeners and more have allowed me to enter in and ask questions of them so as I've learnt, I've been able to share with others what I'm learning and I love the connection it's certainly in a way generational but I just love being able to pass on and learn and inhale and apply what i'm learning to my own garden while sharing it
2: yes, i think a lot of beginner gardeners are too scared to just make that big jump just try something
1: yes just that's why i mean that's what petal power is about just grow a plant that you think is pretty and the incredible feelings of satisfaction that you managed to host that little creature and it grew it, it's 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 really um i think as adults often we don't get kind of rewarded anymore you know we don't get certificates at school and we don't you know put ourselves out there to do something new yet gardening that everything wants to grow mostly and so it's very re-
2: rewarding yeah yeah and and look you can't really kill anything i mean you can kill them with love sometimes <laughs> yeah. but it's worth a go isn't it
1: a hundred percent and I think that's the surprising thing when people say they don't know how to garden well it's really just trying to put the the pieces of the puzzle together and it and cross your fingers because you can do everything right and a mysterious reason will arise and it didn't work but that's what I've come to learn from all the gardeners I've surrounded myself with is that it is a constant learning curve and that's not and saying that it's not an annoying thing that it's a learning curve. That's what keeps it intriguing for everybody and and wanting to change and learn and experiment. Um, and it's, it, it's experiments that can be done in a pot or five hectares, you know. It's not based on size.
2: <laughs> no, you're quite right. And, I mean, you can grow a really good little garden in a pot or in a... I mean, I've seen plenty of the old recycling bins being used to grow... Quite good little gardens, and if you start with something like lettuce, yeah, exactly. um, it, you know you can actually get an amazing amount of joy out of them.
1: I think I actually think that's the joy. Is the the I I always thought the doing would be the annoying bit, that the work and the prep would be just who could be bothered, but it's the work and the prep which is actually I think emotionally really improve my life to the max and and the results have led to now being a writer about gardens instead of interiors and now creating art that's fully based on my experience growing things I mean it's just changed my life really
2: yeah what would you what would be a a flower plant that you would suggest people started with Ooh.
1: well it I, I mean Petal Power did have a lot of annuals in it and I think Personally, I think grabbing a bottle of annuals, Cosmos, for instance, very rewarding when she gets going. Um, very fun to cut. Cut and come again is nice. And I don't think there is anything wrong than buying a bottle from the garden centre of seedlings. I think that seeds sometimes, they can be tricky, and when they don't work, everyone just loses interest. Go by go buy something that's already growing. Um, in saying that, I think that perennials, and I mean... I wouldn't even know where to start. I have just been designing my new garden beds and I have all my favorites in there. Um, From a visual impact and how well it improves every year, how great it is for cutting and how long the flower lasts in the garden, I would say that Echinacea is a really brilliant one for a beginner to kind of think, wow, that is so beautiful and I love it and all the bees love it and I get it back every year
2: and you get all the lovely seed heads I know, and
1: the seed heads are fantastic I agree, it really is the gift that keeps giving, but I've got to say Gowra is the gift that keeps giving at the moment, I mean the planting in town, I've got a lot going into this new garden, but wow it's very satisfying
2: <laughs> yeah all around the rose all those the plants with the long long fronds and the, and the, the butterflies they always look like butterflies the flowers don't they They look really lovely around town mm-hmm. and just quickly now i suppose that um we better ask you you i know you've said that your very favorite plants echinacea any other very favorite plants you want to share
1: oh um i have had an ongoing love affair with the litrum delavayi hewitt's double um, it is so beautiful, amazing in my... I have a lot of fence shade, which has been tricky, and I did have a lot of tree shade, but I've kind of cut quite a few down in the last few years. Um, it comes back just so beautifully every year and has a spray of kind of gypsophoresque pink, pink flowers, and it's very tall. I do have a thing for tall plants. Uh, Verbena bonarensis is one of my favourites. An enthusiastic spreader, though, you have mm. to be careful. Oh, I
2: love enthusiastic spreaders. <laughs>
1: so do <don't> I. <laughs> I'm like, I have a little garden. I can keep an eye on this. What's the big deal? Um, I also, I had Astilbe's and Estrantia in my semi-shade garden this year, and I just, I'm obsessed with them and will keep dividing and trying to continue continue them on. Um, but Sanguisorba officinalis, which I think is often known as uh, Greater Burnett, Again, it's tall and airy and structural, like Verbena bonariensis, and it has these little rusty bullets on the end, and I just—it looks beautiful intermingling with the e- echinaceas.
2: Um, which I know is not ever, ever. Oh, we can go on forever, I can see. <laughs> I better get a list from you because I'm sure we get, some of our listeners will be writing in saying, What were those plants she was talking about? Oh, I can write a list. I can write a list. I definitely can. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Julia. We won't hold you up any longer and let you get back to your garden and gardening, but thank you so much for coming and talking to us today. Thank you so much. I'm so proud to be a member of the Horticultural Society
1: and thank you for having me on.
2: Well, it's time of year now, Lorraine, to Mm. um, start doing a bit of Propagating and doing some um, cuttings of your hardwood um, herbs and things like that. Mm. Yeah, so mm. there's some really quite good courses coming up for the um, Horticulture Society. There is actually one on outdoor propagation that you can learn about um, how to do your hardwood cuttings and, and you know grow your garden very cheaply. Mm. Um, there's a the winter vegetable growing. Um, course, yep. there's the ever popular bulbs and containers that mm. always sells out. Right, And yep. there's a garden organics course so for people who want to learn about gardening, there's lots coming up.
0: Yes, that's yeah. really
2: good. Yeah. So yep. if anybody has any questions or want to know anything um, else, just get in touch with Planes FM on info at plainsfm.org.nz or give a call to 365 Seven, double nine, seven. And good heavens, we've had another whole month of gardening, Lorraine.
0: <laughs> yes, where does it, I mean, it's great to have the garden because yes. I know with with whatever's happening in the world. In, your, in your life or the world, the garden's always there, and it's a good place to go and have some time. Absolutely. yeah.